Hello. I'm Sammy. And I'm Kelsey. And this is Drink Compatible. It's a podcast about blockbusters, booze, and best friends. And it's the eighth one. Eight rounds, just like um, the boxing man and the YouTube man. There was a and the U two man. The U two, yeah, I think Mayweather fought Bono uh, this weekend. This is, <laughs> you know, a lot of our fans have been like, you guys don't talk about sports enough, and we're feeling alienated. So I thought, hey, let's talk about, um, let's talk fisticuffs. Fisticuffs. Dipping our toes in. And speaking of, nope. <laughs> <laughs> No one's dipping their toes in anything. Um, <laughs> not even black gold. Not, maybe black gold. <laughs> uh, not even uh, capitalism. and we, Capitalism dips its toes in us. Mm, I don't like the thought of that. I, no one does. The imagery. <laughs> it's not good imagery. Not into that foot stuff. And that's why this is an audio format. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all don't have to see that. <laughs> Or our toes, unless you pay us money. <laughs> yeah, no, if you did. I mean, I'm about to get, like, a pedicure, I think. Yeah? Hey. Yeah, why not? <laughs> After all that hard work on my feet, toiling upon the the land. The land. The Great West. Texas, I think. Oh, they, I think they filmed in Texas, but it was supposed to kind of like California, California. Isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, oil was... Uh, in California. And as you guys can probably guess, we're this week we're doing Wild Wild West starring <laughs> Will Smith and um, other people, probably. <laughs> I didn't and see a couple movie. other guys, I don't know. God, I didn't either, and weren't we talking about a movie that... Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's, it is there. It is in California. Which is also where There Will Be Blood was the theoretically set that's and that's the one we're actually doing <laughs> yay no toes no spiders no will smith just a really good 2007 movie directed by paul thomas anderson loosely based on oil by upton sinclair from 1927 <laughs> from 1927 <laughs> uh it stars daniel day lewis kevin o'connor and uh paul dano uh and this this movie was if you haven't heard of it Really well loved. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a banger. Yeah, this movie kind of snapped. This was slapped, snapped, and slapped, and 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 wrapped and even. popped. My name is Daniel, and I'm here to say I like black gold in a major way. <laughs> it's gonna be a good episode. In a episode. murderous way, <laughs> I'd say. Um, but this was um, this was in the year that like um. No Country for Old Men? No Country for Old Men, yeah. yeah. Um, this was, um, that particular year, there was like a lot of really good Oscar uh, Best Picture nominations, mm -hmm. and me and like uh, my friend David were like, yo, let's try to see all the ones that are nominated for Best Picture, and we did. And Dang, did you? Yeah. <laughs> this was this was uh, right after my dad got the job at AMC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so okay, we had, so you had access. We had access. <laughs> nice. We had a guy on the inside. <laughs> um but yeah this one it's it's listed uh it was listed certainly in a lot of like um i'm gonna it, let the cops finish driving by <laughs> yeah they don't need to hear this this show isn't for them no they, a cab friends they, they heard about our spider verse episode <laughs> how we spent half an hour talking about copaganda that one's not a cop though that's julep that's oh yeah oh. Meow. Yeah. I'm sorry you can't be a part of this podcast. Well, I think you are now. Oh, she's so cute. It's. I have not decided if I'm leaving her in yet. Editor Sammy, that's up to you. This is the mascot. I'm good with that. Her name's Julep, too. That's perfect. <gasps> perfect. Um. Hi. So this was listed uh, in like a number of um, top ten movies of the year, and I'm sure, and like got like obviously like number one in a lot of them. If it wasn't this one, it was No Country for Old Men. It was nominated for eight Oscars. Fuck me, yeah, and yeah, dog. It won for Best Actor, Dana Day Lewis, and for Cinematography, which yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I I think also um, we'll go into this a bit, um, but it also was nominated, I think, at the Grammys for the music, the it musical was. score, uh, done by one John Greenwood uh, of notable fame Radiohead. Uh, which, like, of course, of course, it's gonna be good. <laughs> Some small up and comers, <laughs> you know. Maybe you've heard of them. Um, but why did we uh pick this one? Um, well, it was kind of a what we were talking about how we'd done a lot of. Uh, what was it? We'd done some good boys. Stuff. We'd done a lot of good boys, like Spider Verse. Um. Spider-Verse again. <laughs> just Spider-Verse. I mean, uh, we I mean, actually replaced the last seven sound files with just Spider-Verse. Yeah, I hope you guys weren't like just dramatically in love yes. with the with the Groundhog Day one because that's gone. <laughs> it's just Spider-Verse. It's just Spider-Verse. Um, no, I still, feel like we had done a lot of like feel good. Yeah, Pacific Rim. Yeah, feel good for sure. Pacific Rim, House Movie Castle, Cusco. <laughs> Cusco, Cusco's film, Cusco's film, the first new group, the film for the Cusco. Film for Cusco. <laughs> um, yeah, but we thought let's get nasty. Yeah, let's be bad. <laughs> let's be bad. <laughs> and we thought, well, let's try to find. We had like a, as we usually do. We have like a short list of like movies that we that fit the theme we're going for. Of movies that involve characters who are villains. Yeah, the main character, um, or at least the the character that you follow. I, would, right. I guess it would technically pr- be protagonist, Prota- even the protagonist, if they're the, yeah, yeah. the movie's protagonist, not necessarily everybody else's. Right, yeah. <laughs> Had to be bad, essentially. We wanted them to be villain material. And not like we had... Uh, what was the one we were thinking of? We had a Night list. Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler was, yes, Nightcrawler fit in. We wanted stuff akin to Nightcrawler, American Psycho. Yes. Not yeah. so much Megamind or... We, there was a... Okay, I... <laughs> Megamind would have been almost perfect for it, but, like, I think the plot wasn't quite there because he was effectively good, right? He was wasn't a good that... guy the whole time. Right. You know? Like, Daniel Day-Lewis is not trying to be a good guy at all in this and also because we can't do another movie where we make a blue drink. <laughs> I know I have a lot of blue curacao that I had to burn through. <laughs> Shit, maybe we should have done Megamind. <laughs> okay, so next episode, next Megamind. Episode, yeah. Look forward to it. The antithesis to this movie. Yeah. Um, where is it? He is rich. Oh well. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we thought this is a char- this is a movie about a character who just is. The fucking worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like everybody's got a couple bad characters or villains sure. or bad guys that they just absolutely love. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Being. Or uh, uh, having. I don't know. Uh, array of character types that you like. They're making direct eye contact with me because I am a famous villain fucker. (laughs) (laughs) I just like the monsters, but... Right. You know, we all got a type. Yeah. Monster fucker and villain fucker uh, collaboration. Unite! (laughs) (laughs) And Um, this is kind of both, because the villain... Is a monster. Is the monster (laughs) that is capitalism and oil. Absolutely. Um... You know, everything that has to go... Walmart. Walmart. Amazon. Amazon. The Bezos of the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we basically just thought, let's explore what makes a really good villain character, and this seemed to be the best one for it. Definitely. We've done enough gushing about, oh, perfect, yeah. perfect character. Very mm-hmm. nice. Very good. Yeah. Let's get nasty. Let's get nasty! <laughs> uh, but this is not just a podcast about us talking about nasty stuff it's us doing nasty stuff but not not the toe thing not never the toe thing. never for free the toe thing Uh, yeah (laughs) patrons only only fans only absolutely (laughs) we also get drunk it is drink compatible 
Um, and we have a set of drinking game rules. Um, and then... Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to interject and say, and didn't you get this from somewhere different this time? I did get this from somewhere different this uh, time. I didn't I didn't write down where I got it from. That's okay. But, but the point is, it's not from our beloved drinkwen.ca, which is a highlighter of a website. It, it, literally. Go on that sometimes, <laughs> please. I need somebody else to see that with their own eyes. Right. <laughs> so that they can effectively un- uh, unsee it. Our next tattoo is going to be in that palette. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> we're just going to giant blockbusters. Right. <laughs> uh, so the m- movie rules, the movie drinking game rules are drink anytime anyone is physically injured or killed. Mm. Drink anytime money is referenced. Ooh. Drink anytime anyone drinks. <laughs> Wait, is that us? I don't think to... <laughs> that's us. Otherwise, that's going to be a positive feedback just... loop of bullshit. <laughs> that's just essentially a friendship. Which... Yeah. Hey. <laughs> drink anytime the church is referenced. Drink anytime property is mentioned by name. Uh, a property is mentioned by name. And drink anytime the pipeline or railroad is shown or mentioned. Woof. Yeah, why do I feel like we're going to get... That's going to be the one. Absolutely. And what are we going to get fucked up on? We're going to get fucked up on uh, a drink called There Will Be Blood Orange from the website. Uh, Crepes of Wrath. Crepes of Wrath. What a good name. Um, It's got bourbon, Lille Blanc, blood orange juice, Angostura, and orange bitters. And just as a quick itty-bitty commentary editor's... footnote here uh you're gonna want big blood oranges on this one like yeah i would say technically speaking um i think what they say like the amount of juice you get from 11 11 11 the amount of juice you get from a from a lemon oh no brown cow oh no brown cow i'm all right how are you (laughs) (laughs) is a tablespoon yeah, that sounds about right. So, an orange should typically be about two to three tablespoons. You know what? Do yourself a favor. Look up the typical ounceage of juice that you get from an orange and use that amount. Because fruits come in all different shapes and sizes. Trader Joe's probably gets teeny tiny fruits. Right. I think just going off like for a cocktail, like fluid ounces, it would... You probably want... Two? Two to three? Yeah, two... Around two. Get as close to two as possible. Like, if if you get that from... Because these... I'll I'll, I'll put the... I'll put the... The recipe on on the... On the the tweet. Um, But it's... You basically have the juice of one blood orange for two drinks. Um, and you you want at least an ounce per drink, I think. Probably. Yeah. There's some like golden ratio of Probably. cocktails yeah. that I've seen over the place, but yeah, one, uh, one would be what would sort of line up with at least close to close to like almost a margarita type of ratio. God, you guys, I wish this was a video format, though, because this is such a cute cat we're dealing with. Oh my god, she just <laughs> went after nothing. <laughs> Good. Um, so, basic format of the show, if this is your first time listening, um, we're going to come back in and talk with you midway through the movie. And the best point, I figure, is... Um, so this, this movie is on Netflix, that's where we're watching it. So this is sort of by time remaining. I don't know what the exact timestamp is, but go watch it on Netflix. It's easy. Um, come back and listen to us at one hour, ten minutes, and fifty-six seconds remaining. It'll be just after Daniel and HW finish a conversation in the dark. Is that how he's referred to, HW? I don't. I, so D- HW is played by uh, Kevin O'Connor. Daniel Day Lewis's name is just Daniel. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's go. <laughs> here's your fucking Academy Award, Daniel. For, uh... Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like when the main character's name, or a character's name is the same as their actor name, that's yeah. like... Yeah? I'm sorry, did you have something to weigh in on the topic? 
She's like, I liked him as Lincoln. <laughs> no, you didn't. You never even saw that. Neither did. No one out. saw it. Yeah. Don't lie. Doesn't look good on you, hun. I rented it on Voodoo. Okay, that's how you know she's lying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Peanut. We busy. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, it's Daniel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well? I guess this is no better way to start off. I think so. Than a child crying for us. We can't <laughs> give you attention, honey. We have to give attention to the evil... Oil Baron and his kooky exploits. She's over here like, I prefer No Country for Old Men. No, you didn't. Uh, uh, Back, well, hold on. I know what? Fair, I guess. <laughs> that was a good one. It was a really good one. Maybe <laughs> another episode. Yeah, it could be. That was actually one <laughs> yeah. that was on our list. It was. So it could be. Okay. While we have a quick pause in, in the cat yelling, uh, let's get mining. <laughs> Let's get mining. <laughs> Hello, we're back. Hey, it's us still. In case that was the thing you were worried about. Or upset about. Don't worry, <laughs> we're here. We've not fallen for this uh, scheme of a man. Yes. Daniel. Daniel. Of the days. Daniel and his days Lewis. Well, how are we feeling? Um, actually, like, you know, uh, a few under the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, am, we are about, let's see, we are an hour and, we're about an hour and a half into the film. Um, I'm at a good drunk. Jesus, I think I'm, I'm over five. You think? On the one to ten? I think yeah. so. Like a six. Wow. Um, Not far, but like, if I pound the rest of this drink. Hey. Yeah. Um, I'm probably at a four, but also a little sleepy. So. That's true. So I might be hitting you in a different way. Yeah. We did decide, um, just in case, uh, we need kind of a pick me up. It is a little bit late, and we are working people. Um, that we would switch up some of the drink with coffee and Kahlua because coffee is like black gold, right? Yes. Or even coffee and bourbon. Ooh. <laughs> that would be That's old timey on two levels. Yeah. Considering the amount of bourbon and whiskey and just anything straight alcohol yeah. that they could put into anything. <laughs> They do it, they and they'd give that to anybody. To babies, even. To babies, a lot, a lot. <laughs> the amount of times that Daniel has fed his own child alcohol, we that essentially that's the last scene that we uh, witness is Daniel pouring. <laughs> just <laughs> it's if you guys have seen that vine of uh, in a shot of vodka, glug 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 glug. Yeah, that's it. Pretty into much milk. into milk of all things. Um, wait, wait, that girl. Maybe I feel like I've. Someone else has asked me this question too. Like, at what point does milk curdle with alcohol? And like, it's more resistant than you think. Because like white Russians, right? I've made those with milk, not necessarily the cream. Yeah, but we've also made like milky or creamy drinks and it's instantly curdled. I feel like those are the ones that have had like citrus. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure there's someone, there's a, if you're a milk scientist, get at us because I would like to know this for... Yeah, milkologist. Milkologist. Hit me up <laughs> at www.disneychannel.com <laughs> What? Mm -hmm. This is probably like whole milk, right? It's uh, probably goat's milk. You think that Considering might where they're it? at, I mean, probably wouldn't change it that much, but like, I think, 
I think they were just pouring water into that milk. It's probably wa- that's the the because that's got to be like moonshine or something. The liquid was clear. Yeah, if it's clear, it's and there's no corn around. So what does that have to do with anything? Right? Did they do moonshine in California? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sure. Well, they do moonshine from anything. You Trader could do Joe's that. moonshine. <laughs> they just went down to the Trader's Joe and <laughs> it's honeysuckle moonshine. Um, so, a couple things to talk about in the middle portion. Uh, it sounds real cool. Boy, (laughs) howdy does it sound really cool. Yeah, so the soundtrack, um, I guess touching back on the fact that this soundtrack was composed by John Greenwood... Uh, who was sought out by the director, producer, um, yeah, uh, by Anderson, um, for his work on, it's Body Something. Body Slam or Body Smash or something like that? He was sought out specifically to do the soundtrack for this, uh, movie, I know, and I guess he was, like, super nervous about it. (laughs) Uh, Greenwood was super nervous about doing the soundtrack for this movie. Um, and then when he watched it, he, I guess in like two weeks or something, like wrote up like a, a score for it. Oh, so the, I mean, I guess that makes sense. You don't necessarily need the score to, you can watch the movie first, then put a score to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were, we were discussing earlier how it does have like a decidedly horror movie, um, sound to it. Like. Yeah. It is, you were on the edge of your seat f- just listening to it for most of the movie. Yeah, and the uh, soundtrack is such an important part of it. I mean, there's really, in moments, uh, there's uh, many moments of the film, there's really not a lot of dialogue. It is just uh, panning shots of the environment and the scenery and uh, the characters, uh pretty much visual visual exposition um for the movie and so the soundtrack is actually its own character in this film yeah uh and it is uh very much uh of the time i'd say just with the just with the instruments like it is an orchestra Mm -hmm. uh like almost like bare bones there was there was one particular scene um where they strike not gold uh oil mm-hmm. um and there's like a lot of like sort of improvised instruments like it almost sounds like they're just banging pots and pans together <laughs> where he's carrying his boy uh oh yeah yeah well, like right after uh HW yeah. got uh he was in the middle of a gas explosion. Yeah. That one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one is fantastic. The, uh, it almost sounds like, uh, it's probably a lot of percussion work with, like, yeah. like, sticks on, like, the edge of drums and stuff. Oh, my God. I love that part. They do such a good job of setting the tone and, like, adding so much suspense. This whole movie is just suspense. It's the, it's the NBC Hannibal philosophy of, let's just push a bunch of uh, instruments down the stairs and record that. Yeah, well, it <laughs> works. I mean, it does sound like uh, like they're almost uh, tuning up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God. And it really is a raw sound, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I know they did cite that as well as trying to fit the era of the movie with the... Uh, music they wanted to also add a lot of eerie uh, creepy and just downright like sinister uh, sounds through the uh, soundtrack um, with this movie and they found that the orchestra really aided that a lot while sounding really simple as well but god doesn't it yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well done on the sound and, and the sound design. Um, yeah, I had this soundtrack burnt on a CD. <laughs> I went that far. 
It's yeah. a good one. <laughs> yes, it is. And rolling around in uh, what uh, a jeep, just in suburbia, listening to the song on blast. <laughs> oh, look, I'm at Seven Eleven. <laughs> This is this is one I would own on vinyl. Oh my god, yes! <gasps> I need to check that. <laughs> um, yeah, this soundtrack will be immortalized uh, in my mind forever. Yeah. <laughs> we were making our second round of drinks, and they were whistling. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Asamago's Ayo opening. Hand in hand, those two go. Honestly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we want to talk a bit about the story? Um, yes, so we should probably get all ca caught up on the story. Right, so, broad strokes, Daniel Day-Lewis is a, he's an oil man. He's Daniel the oil he's, man. <laughs> real quick, hey, film writers, you have Daniel Day-Lewis playing a character named... Daniel, and you have Paul Dano playing a character named Paul. Admittedly, he also plays a character named Eli, but... I always think that that might be almost like a compromise of, like, hey, I get you're so into your character acting, how about we just make it a little bit easier on you? Right. And so we'll just give you the same name, so when you need to react, knee-jerk reactions... Maybe. I know he's like, I know Daniel Day-Lewis is meant to be like one of the, like regarded as like one of the best actors just in terms of like technique and dedication yeah. and depth of research yeah i think um he actually uh yeah i was reading something up about his uh research into this film mm -hmm. and uh just researching the way that people would talk uh and going into his character but more i think i Found. I mean, he he's brilliant. He's brilliant, and he always goes hard into his characters. But um, Paul Danos, I guess, was not supposed to be a the lead. Uh, he replaced uh, who the person that was originally cast as Eli, and um, who's that? Kevin O something. Kevin O'Connor? It might have been. It might have been. I thought that was the guy who plays Henry. Oh, well, maybe. Uh, it, he replaced somebody. I remember reading about that. Um, and he only had like four or so days to like research his character and comes back with this flawless interpretation of a early 1900s like West Plains like evangelical preacher. Yeah. Brilliant. Does such a wonderful job. Very good. <laughs> God, all the character acting in this is phenomenal. There's... Oof, yeah. Mm. <laughs> La, okay. La, to the recap, before I go on a, a, a real long yeah, tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Daniel I'm Day here Lewis. For the yeah, <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis is an oil man. He finds success around the turn of the century. Um, adopts a kid of uh, one of his co-workers who dies in an oil accident. Yeah, by consequence. Right, and then uses that kid basically as a prop, functionally, to to be like ah oh, i'm a family business um in my whole oil thing um my whole oil agenda <laughs> uh, come with me and you'll <laughs> see how much money i could make on oil uh, <laughs> it's just off the dome <laughs> the teapot dome anyway oh, fuck. we'll go into that <laughs> later next time next time on and you'll get it ap history um <laughs> So he, um, through Paul Dano's brother, Paul Dano, um, he finds out that there's a town that might have a bunch of oil. So he comes, sets up shop um, in this town of Little Boston, wasn't it? Little Boston, yeah, with the Sunday family. That's right. And he basically buys up everyone's 
uh, farms. Yeah, all the surrounding land yeah. of the Sunday farm. They're the only one who won't sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so he so he buys up all this land, and basically, it is the the bulk of the movie is him um, saying what he needs to to get people to. I don't know, let him continue using the land. Yeah, it's just coercion. Yeah. It's just really, like, feeding this idea of wealth and prosperity all the while just really trying to meet his own needs yeah. and gains. I mean, it's, it's, it is capitalism, the movie. It right. is essentially this guy coming into this poor town and saying, Hey, I have a business venture. You could be a part of it. And if you are... Think of all the riches you'll get, all the things, all the luxuries I can provide to you, which are like luxuries that they never uh, be able to afford or sustain yeah. after this uh, very temporary uh, business venture uh, fails. Like this is something that will end at some point. And he's just coming in and saying, hey, 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 but you could be rich right now. Right. Think of that. And think of me. <laughs> it is straight up just trickle down economics. It is. And I love the juxtaposition between his greed and uh, Eli's greed with the church. I mean, you can see it reflected in every character. Yeah. Um, like we were talking about the real estate agent. I would love to talk about the real estate agent. The real estate agent... Um, when you first see him, it's when Daniel Day Lewis comes in. That's not the character's name, but <laughs> But it's the guy. <laughs> it's when Daniel comes in and like starts buying up all this land and he's like, or just asking about buying it. Um It's his second stop, isn't it? Yeah. yeah like right after the Sunday farm. Mm-hmm. And the guy like immediately is like, Oh yeah, here, I'll help you out. Like um Well, eager, eager to sell. Right. I mean, he's gonna be that's his first easy catch is going up to this guy and being like, Hey, so I know it's probably really sus that I'm buying up all of this land, but you'll let me, won't you? Guy's like, hell yeah. <laughs> My business getting any sort of money. Absolutely. And then uh, next time you see him, he is essentially, um, Daniel's liaison with the town. Um, and he is wearing much nicer clothes and like is, is actively like, He's a part of this whole oil system thing rather yeah. than just being a real estate agent. Um, so it's it's just a, a good, even like it's within five minutes, I think, that you see that transition. Uh, yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's it's a good example of how um, how one can get bought into capitalism just or or the promise of capitalism. Yeah, so quickly. And I mean, like that's you see his turn like right when Daniel is going to be speaking with the entire town and trying to convince them to uh, aid in his endeavor to provide land, to provide uh, like food, water, to provide people. Mm -hmm. You know, he needs the laborers and they're going to be making money if they work for him because he's going to be striking black gold. And so, of course, they're going to get money. Absolutely. Do, Gorgeous. <laughs> do we want to do a quick d -d -d Daniel update just to see where he's at as a character? Yeah, I'd <laughs> love to. So, what are the, just off the top of your head, what are the good things that Daniel has done in this movie? <laughs> okay, I think Daniel has done a total of two good things. And the first would be Seeing an orphaned human child, a baby, and raising it and keeping it healthy and somewhat stable. Yeah, keeping a child alive. Yeah. And then probably the second one is when he essentially, like, calls out the Sunday father, um, Abel, Abel Sunday, I think his name is, yeah. for um, beating his youngest daughter uh, right in front of him, like literally right in front of him. It's right after 
his first um, oil well. I think so, yeah. Yeah, has been uh, erected and started. The Derrick. The Derrick. <laughs> and um, I think that might be the platform. But um, I the used to say. You to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, uh, she's like playing by the tables that Daniel and Abel are sitting at. Mm-hmm. And he essentially <laughs> plucks her up and says, yeah, so... You like uh, that I came here, right? You like I got you a dress. Um, I got your town wealth and riches, and I make sure that your dad won't beat you anymore, huh? Right? Isn't that right? No more hurts for you, huh, Mary? Everything's gonna be fine. All while Abel is right there, like woof. Yeah, that was the second good thing that he's done. I was there a third. No. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> from what I remember, the rest of the movie. Yeah. There's not a third even. There. Every other thing he's done has been entirely self-serving. And we did basically just finish up a, a, a soliloquy where he's talking about how he's he's basically talking about how he he doesn't find um other people worthwhile um and is only he, I, have a, I have a competition in me. He's he's only out for himself um driven by misanthropy. Yes, incredibly so. This is a man that wants nothing to do with humanity and has to interact with them. And mm-hmm. I mean, let it not be said that he does not find total glee in dealing with them and uh, overcoming them. He what was, what was it he said that we found really sinister? Um, he said it, that he can't deal with these dot 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 people. Yeah, and he laughs while he says it, looking at this uh, man who is saying that he is allegedly his brother. Right. Um, pretty sure that's false, but we'll get there. I think you're right. But yeah, the way he just says, eh, but for now I have to deal with these people. Yeah. Like, he definitely thinks he's above them. Mm-hmm. Not that he didn't the entire film, but just like the progression of it. He said the quiet part out loud. Oof. I mean, even in the beginning, he is neurotically just, like, toiling away at this self-made well. Yeah. Then the beginning of the movie opens in, like, that droning orchestra, like, tuning sound. Mm-hmm. And him just going out this self-made well, just... Tr- like working himself to the bone trying to find any oil that's actually where he uh gets his limp where he breaks his leg so right in the very beginning you see him like like breaking himself for his goal but god following his character i wouldn't say it's admirable no yeah <laughs> it's obsessive so basically we've we've gotten to the point where he I guess is starting to be honest about like his goals, but otherwise I don't think he's he's done too much in the way of growth. Right. No, it's more deep, like deep, like devolution, de-evolution. Yeah. Devolution. How do you say that? Digivolving. Digivolving. It's more, he's digivolving. He's got his (laughs) jeans and his gun and uh, he's ready to roll. (laughs) He's got some armor on. (laughs) He's no longer a furry. Well, or maybe he's more <laughs> of a furry. No, he's no longer because he shaved his beard. That's true. Yeah, he's more anthro now. He's a Neko Mimi man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a cat boy. <laughs> so anyway, when we come back to you at the end of the movie, we will have a, a, a conversation of his role as the protagonist. It, is that a... Dude. Uh, we'll talk about what his deal is <laughs> yeah when we come back we're definitely going to talk about uh, where he ends up his ends man neither of us can find the words for this huh uh-uh. well, the journey of Daniel from beginning to end we'll summarize all of that go over 
all of his ups and downs. Mostly, mostly I think downs, from yeah, 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 from here on out, pretty much <laughs> just like a steep slope, maybe even just a cliff. Yeah, uh, into the down. Um, him just kind of becoming more and more narcissistic. So yeah, we will see you after the film. Yep. Strike gold. We're finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I think actually there was only two um non-original score pieces in this movie and they're both classical pieces. What was the other one besides the ending? You wish I knew. <laughs> I just certainly do. Actually, kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For podcast reasons. Um, I could look it up. Yeah. But that would be cheating. So we're supposed to just inherently, like, gain this knowledge through osmosis of the universe. Through God's will, if you'd say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. <laughs> I'm a but, false prophet and uh, etc. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god, I absolutely love that ending. <laughs> Daniel was... I like the way that this movie... is almost dictated by Daniel. Like, he... In, it's his life, and it's his series of ups and downs and whoopsie-daisies, and... You know, yeah, I'd describe it in those same terms. Um, but he's essentially he's little hijinks. But essentially, he's like, like the movie kind of gives him an amount of control, like I guess obviously through his roles being a protagonist. I guess that's what's always so interesting about a villain or a bad guy being the main character mm-hmm. of a piece of media like they are given the spotlight the control you get to see everything about them or at least narratively everything about them like if he edited this film surely he'd be like no strike that strike that strike that only the good parts of me but you know the movie starts off with him and it ends with it ends last line is him just I'm saying ended yeah i'm finished regardless of how out of control he was and it showed like regardless of how out of control it showed that he could become and did yeah and was always uh man it it really uh, it, it moved with him. The story moved with him. He moved the plot. <laughs> Imagine that he was the main character. <laughs> I, I, well, one, real quick. Okay. Uh, uh, how fucked up are we? Um, we're like sleepy fucked up. But I'm pretty so. okay, actually. We ended up going to Coffee and Kahlua because we finished our drinks and. We didn't have enough blood oranges, so we did what we talked about and did the the black gold. Absolutely. That is coughing, Kahlua. Um, yeah. And you were a little sleepy. I'm a little bit sleepy. Oddly uh, more than me. Yeah, what the fuck? It happens. It does happen. It happens to the best of us. I'm baby. <laughs> Today you are baby. Today I am man. Today I am the third revelation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, All quotes, by the way. These are all quotes, not like actually my reflection on religion or anything. Yeah, we're going to need a longer podcast for that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could do dogma. Oh, man. Um, I thought, well, we, there were, there were a couple of notes that we, well, two notes that we'd made. I don't actually know what the second <laughs> one was. I was sleepy at that point, but we talked about how the cinematography was ironic 
Do I speak on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of something that came to us in the second half of the film. Just obviously, the, well, obviously this movie won an Oscar for cinematography. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, which was gorgeous. Fucking hell, yeah. Um, all parts of this movie really played into one another really masterfully. Like the character acting, the tone of the movie, the music, the cinematography. Um, I know we talked back and forth about some of our our love of long shots. Mm-hmm. Like, all my all my children and men fans out there, just let me hear you say. <laughs> Uh, hey. <laughs> We're children of men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this movie has a lot of good long shots and an age of the 10 second or less back and forth. Um, uh, really, really appreciate that. But uh, one thing that uh, is uh, kind of a... Mm, how do I say standard of this film? Uh, a favorite of this film is definitely the scenery shots, the scenic shots where they will show. Um, I'm definitely thinking of, uh, in particular when Daniel and his fake brother are essentially like prospecting Mr. Bandy's land. Um, yeah. <laughs> without his consent. Um, and it's just showing them going around his property and it's the cinematography is just gorgeous. The, it shows you the hills of quote unquote, California. It's probably Texas, but I, I think it's that they filmed some in California, but it shows you like the gorgeous scenery paired with this sinister music and showing the characters on screen trespassing essentially and scoping out this dude's land. Yeah. And it's such a just juxtaposition, I think. The beauty of the scenery. They're constantly showing you uh the land and just how gorgeous it is. And it's almost kind of ironic how whenever Daniel's in these shots with these gorgeous uh, uh with this like gorgeous scenery that like you almost illustrating the fact that he can see none of it. He can see none of the beauty presented to him. He is only focused on the gain that he can see. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I really like how that, that bit of visual storytelling, uh, colors in the character as well. I think I noticed, um, like in the okay in the first half he's like very like he's motivated by um material gain mm -hmm. like almost like single-mindedly i found that in the second half like he's a lot more ego driven yeah i would agree with that there was a um the moment when i think the boys from standard oil um come in and like hey we'll make you a millionaire if you give us all your shit that's a millionaire in like 1920s dollars so like that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah that's a sum yeah um and they're about to go through with the deal but they but daniel tosses it off the table because he feels that they're insinuating that he's not a good father mm -hmm. and he's not no <laughs> even a <laughs> little right. bit yeah <laughs> um I think this this is this is like the immediate scene after he puts um HW on a train. Yeah. Um, and ships him off to LA. Um San Francisco maybe. San yeah. Francisco, San Diego. Somewhere. One of God, them. what a pat mm. dick What? yeah. Mm. Yeah. But so like very much like an ego thing. Like there's like he passed a material gain just to be perceived as better or to be vindictive against people who don't perceive him the exact way he wants to be perceived. Definitely. I think that's really, um, highlighted by, uh, that half of the movie. He is introduced to this false brother 
he is dealing with his son uh uh getting uh hearing loss so essentially in his eyes uh losing value mm-hmm. to him um a son that he always knew was not blood related to him was always kind of like a means to an end um i think he's really coming to terms with that or seeing that for what it is and uh uh i think that's that's a part of his deception uh to the world that has been eating away at himself as well he i mean you can you can see in some of the scenes uh, his relationship with his false brother mm-hmm. uh he really tries to forge something there and when he finds out uh that it's just some rando uh just wanting a job i think yeah just i mean yeah trying to get his money i mean honestly just trying to get his money yeah um not scalping what do they call that Mm, scamming yeah yes grifting grifting grifted and i mean he's already primed for paranoia the fact that he has no family, no faith, no anything to rely on but material wealth. And he even says it in that meeting. What am I going to do with a million dollars? What the? Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he sets up his own downfall. Like he predicts it. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what will he be when he has all this money and he has nothing to do with himself? And turns out it's just a man with a bowling alley in his house with pretty dope cardigans. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good look. (laughs) Maybe Uh, not so much spattered with blood. Well. Well. Accent color. Mmm. You know, burgundy goes well with gray. A light heather. Hmm. On... I I really like God. There's so much to take apart in just that last scene, but what I like the most is how the um, him making Paul Dano's character um, admit to being a false prophet. It, I love how much his faith almost. Yeah, I love how much that's a parallel to the um, the how Paul Dano making Daniel Day Lewis's character um, admit that he abandoned his boy. Yes. In, the, in the church that ruled yeah that was definitely a uh, a strong moment for them mm-hmm. it's their whole relationship was always a back and forth and a testing of wills and it was eli's downfall that he was just not as i don't know perceptive in his obsession yeah I mean, like we talked about this at one point that uh, Daniel was uh, probably the most. What is it we said? He was probably one of the more like obsessive characters. Oh, single-minded. Or? We were talking about like who was worse. Ah, yes. Is the the meat of the episode? <laughs> yeah, like Daniel, who from the get go was always a greedy, obsessive, single minded, and just a character who essentially has no conscience. Like, there's no conscience in which he hears from in his mind there's 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 no little voice in his head him versus all of these other characters he interacts with almost essentially every other character in the film yeah i'd say aside from hw yeah Yeah. his son and mary probably mary specifically even hw like you know did things for his own gain or for his father's gain but i mean you could say that that's just learned behavior right which yes i would and i am <laughs> listen to me say this learn behavior <laughs> but what's worth the man that never had a conscience or 
these characters that interacted with him that did have a conscience and willfully ignored that for their own gain. Like, essentially, that's every other character. That's the real estate agent that is Eli, that is the father Abel. Um, you see all of them meet their downfall because of their own greed and kind of lack of or I guess their their humanity that they yeah. have as well. That's a tough one. I think I, I've been like tossing it back and forth in my head uh, the, most of the movie. At, fir- at first I would have said it was actually um, um, the people who were not Daniel like Abel, Eli, uh, the real estate agent, um, because they they have like some capacity for decision making. Like Daniel, like is basically a force of greed. Yeah, it's hard to like imagine him making weighted choices. Rather, um, that said, he is also the one who put them in the position where. Um, like it's a desirable thing to like buy into this like they're i mean they're in a like a a shit town where nothing grows um with zero prospects for anything else so like um it is it it's a question of is it worse to is it worse to be greedy or is it uh worse to like be greedy for like like know, fall just, prey to it almost just to or, or just to like have have that as a as a motivator mm. is it worse for that to be a motivator for you or is it worse to um make it necessary in other people yeah because if not for daniel would they have gone to the lengths at which they did you know mm-hmm. to kind of ignore their own humanity even the um the caretaker or the butler in the end yeah he walks in upon this scene of Daniel having just murdered Eli, sitting next to a bleeding out, dying Eli. And I feel like you can see an expression of shock in him, but he makes no move to, I mean, even before that, trying to wake up his drunkard uh, uh, master of the house. Yeah. This is in the briefest of ways showing a person who wants to keep the job is willing to look the other way in order to keep a pay get a paycheck absolutely which i i mean hey <laughs> let it not be said that that does not speak to the majority of us it's 2021 yeah <laughs> but damn but damn yeah. heavy movie good very, very good and this like that's the exact sort of um questions i was like wanting a movie to ask when we were like what's a good villain movie yeah um and i honestly i'd almost like i'd want it to be i would want us to do to revisit this whole villain topic at some point because this is this was some buddy who was <laughs> somebody this is like i mean like i was saying like it's somebody who um was not going to choose any other path no matter what um yeah it would be almost interesting to as a follow-up find a character who like could have picked a different way and then just pick the bad one maybe that's mega no mega mind's a good (laughs) no that's (laughs) mega mind's a good guy yeah uh but yeah something like that we could figure figure out what that movie would be but yeah we're definitely gonna have to do more like this this was a really fun one oh yeah for sure yeah, this, uh, I always love these deep questions, right? For sure. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to make you feel more like a human than realizing, no, I, I probably wouldn't go on a whole mad spittle-flying rage-induced monologue about milkshakes well... to explain away. My excuse for capital gain. Well, there we go. Probably not. And <laughs> fracking. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> God. Yeah. Do we have any other thoughts before we say goodbye for the week? 
the week. <laughs> the week. The, well, the week is bold, uh, <laughs> given that. Uh, and the this night is, is long. This is not a weekly podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whenever we sort of feel like it podcast. <laughs> but if you're listening at this point, you know that. Yeah, if you're listening out there somewhere in the ether, then you know it's whenever, wherever. We're meant to be together. I'll be there and you'll be here. <laughs> And now it's Shakira times. <laughs> We're going straight from the 1920s all the way to 1990. Well, she's still sort of going. I mean, she's so. Yeah. So. Well, that's uh, whenever, wherever is like in the past. Yeah, when, yeah. Whenever, wherever. Right. You know, that's yeah, what really matters. <laughs> is it, there's no timeline for Shakira. She's always. And there's no timeline for podcasts. <laughs> there's no timeline like the present. <laughs> so thank you so much for having us. Inviting us into your little podunk town. To drink your milkshakes. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I'm Kelsey. I'm Sammy. And this is Drink Compatible. See you next time for Land Before Time 5, Valley of the Mist. All right. Hot and stinky. Stinky, stinky and, and hot. hot. <laughs>